Hi, I'm Michael Etchens from In Excess. Thank you very much for coming backstage with Access All Areas, okay? Hope you have a good time. with my Nexus nerd Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in Excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more. Well, hello, welcome to Excess Access All Areas, episode 96, the podcast designed to go deep into the canon and arsenal of this great band, get them into the Rock Hall of Fame, but do it with a fun community and enjoy yourselves reminiscing and eulogizing along the way b how are you it feels like ages since i spoke to you a full 24 hours <laughs> yay this is number three of number the four. week number four really oh my yeah. god we've done <laughs> we've done loads we've done burn for you we have done the one thing we have done mm-hmm. what you need and now mm-hmm. we're doing need you tonight today oh now this is a good song well, we're going into uh, pivotal songs, turning point songs, uh, real landmark uh, releases. We're not saying they're the best songs. We're saying these are the ones that basically were game changers at the time or were mm-hmm. able to give the band a uh, level up uh, or a next level up sort of career surge. So uh, Need You Tonight is an interesting one to talk about, B, because um, we'll just go back in a little bit of time and just for the listeners there, uh, take ourselves back to sort of 1987. The band has probably just come off from a year before big tour for the Listen Like Thieves tour. They've happened to ingratiate themselves to a a young Bridget France in uh, Birmingham being chased down the street in a limousine. Is that right? I love how you're you're glorifying this, but yes. They have survived (laughs) that. Let's go that. (laughs) They have. They have then gone on after the Listen Like Thieves album to successfully add three songs onto three soundtracks, B. Now, some of the listeners don't know this, but they were on the Pretty in Pink soundtrack for Do What You Do. Mm-hmm. They were Crocodile Dundee soundtrack in 86 for uh, A Different World. And then they were on the uh, Lost Boys soundtrack, which is probably the most significant at the time, uh, for Good Times. And Mark Opet says, thank you. All right. And that particular song fell just outside the top 40, but uh, that was a cool sort of uh, movie to be associated with in the... Uh, uh, the 80s there, uh, the two Corys, you know, uh, Kiefer Sutherland, Jason Patrick, uh, a mixture of artists there for that vampire movie, which was The yeah. Lost Boys. They probably had a little bit of time to sort of relax and retreat. They then were going into the recording studios, as we heard from our friend Richard Clapton last week, to record Kick, both in, uh, I think, uh, Sydney, and then they did a bit of writing in New Zealand, and they were in recording in France. They were getting a chance to probably be on the precipice of world domination. They were they'd broken through in America. They had broken through in Canada. They were more than consolidated Australia. Listen like these had sold three, four million copies. They were just on the verge of something big. So thinking back to it, the band were probably feeling a bit of pressure at the time, B. Well, they were probably on every girl's wall as well. They were <laughs> post boys by now, weren't they? Probably. Okay. Mm. You can all bring it back to the uh the uh the eye candiness, but uh mm-hmm. From the ears candiness, they uh, went into the studio, they they pulled out the Kick album. We, we, we know what Kick went on to do, but uh, need you to know. I'm going to play a little bit of an exercise, B, and, and try for the moment, uh, just forget need you to know the song. And when we played in a moment, 
I'm going to get you to sort of listen to it through what I think is the oddities of what the song is. It's a, it is, it is very mainstream now because our ears have heard it so many times. But it, it was it was quite an odd song uh, to spearhead an album of which uh, I guess the record company in America couldn't see the marketability of it. But again, sometimes artists know more than record companies, and uh, this was proven to be the case. Now I shall pass to you and go. Do you remember this song growing up in your teenage, early adult years in England? Did it resonate with you? What you needed to know? Yeah, you got to see the band live. Like give yeah, me a, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, I love this song. As soon as I heard it, oh my god, you cannot! Yeah. I don't know where you're trying to say about this. What well, have I got well, to listen to it? How? Okay, I'll get to you. The, I'll give you the ear trick in a moment. But uh, do you know the song only went to number fifty-eight in the UK? I know it's terrible, isn't but it? But do you know they re-released and they went to number two? Yeah, I know because I probably bought all the records. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, it's their only number one in America. Uh, didn't make it to number one uh, in Australia. It only made it to I think number two or three in Australia uh, at the time. But the significant thing about it, I guess, when we interviewed Timmy uh, in his uh, little man cave there a few months ago. It was lovely to see Timmy have the billboard chart yeah. uh, laminated and put in a little sort of little stand in his room and he had yeah. it highlighted. And uh, <laughs> it was great to sort of see that that song and the achievement of hitting number one is a significance to him uh, to this very day. Mm. Um, I guess a couple of little things with this particular song, B, it's not really an out-and-out rocker, is it? If you think back to What You Need and then Original Sin and The One Thing and those particular lead-off tracks, Just, Just Keep Walking, uh, stay young and things like that. This was not your sort of four to the floor toe tapper, was it? Well, it's it's the beat though. It does lead you in and it just makes you just listen a little bit more intently because you just don't know what next is going to happen. Yeah, and I think out of all the songs we're going to talk about, uh, this is uh, when we break it break it down into little thirty second chunks. Uh, I'm really looking forward to sharing this. Um, now, for those who've seen the miniseries, we all know the story of Andrew getting into the cab and sort of having this sort of uh, riff in his head and and then suddenly going, oh, my God, sorry, wait here, Mr. Cab Driver. I need to go back upstairs and plug in <laughs> and uh, get this riff down pat because, or down pat because in those days, you know, technology wasn't what it is today. You couldn't just tape it into your phone or, you know, you know, digitalize or whatever. So thank God, Andrew, uh, and probably financially for him and the band, thank God he, uh, you know, was prepared to pay the extra 20 bucks in taxi fares uh, <laughs> to go back inside and get it down pat. I think this particular song is quite heavily sort of using synthesizers and certain laid guitars and things, uh, but it really was a little bit of a change or a departure sonically. It, it, it really sort of was something separate and different. And to this day, though, if something like Don't Change is the go-to song for a lot of rock bands who love In Excess to do covers, a.k.a. Bruce Springsteen, Grinspoon, AFI, whatever, this is probably the commercial go-to song that a lot of uh, artists have gone back and covered in some way. So I know Kylie Minogue plays this live at her gigs Mm-hmm. I know Liv Tyler, the actress, has done a version of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I know uh, Professor Green, a little UK would-be rapper Eminem type, has done a cover of this. And even uh, Pops Dua Lipa, as we know through our, our commentary in the last year, has sampled this song on one of her uh, famous songs called Break My Heart. So, And didn't we hear that Richard Clapton nearly did a version of this probably. song as well? No, didn't he, didn't he tell us that well, he, he played along to the... Uh, John Sample. He could have. <laughs> yeah. Bonnie Raitt, Bonnie Raitt, about three, four years ago, came out 
and did a cover of this song, which was uh, a bluesy version. It's a fantastic version. Mm. I think we may have even played on one of our episodes. And this particular song, you know, was sort of slowed down and put into more of a blues waltz version. And also in Australia, a band called the Rogue, Rogue Traders did a, a very famous remix of it, uh, a fantastic remix of it that we may even hear at the end of the show. Uh, that went top 10 in 2003. One of the key guys of that remix called James Ash went on to be a co-producer on the original Sin album with John Farris uh, in 2010-11. So it's filled with pedigrees and inspiration and legacy. So uh, without further ado, B, we will open up uh, Need You Tonight. Uh, quick, quick little disclaimer. We're not going to add the Mediate in today. We know Mediate is a sort of what we call Coda song. Coda song meaning joining song. Um, Led Zeppelin have a song or an album called Coda, I think, but uh, it's an interesting song where the same beat in Need You Tonight is the same beat or, or rhythm in Mediate. That's why I often see them join together. Uh, but we're going to focus just on uh, Need You Tonight tonight. Are you ready? Well, uh, the start of this video again is that example of a little bit different to the audio track. So the video is about, goes for about three minutes and 12 seconds, whereas I think the actual audio goes for three minutes because it's that first 10 seconds in the video where you see uh, Michael's arm and then you see sort of almost like a movie trailer moving along. It's almost like an advertorial for the beautifully designed uh, Nick Egan cover uh, meshing in with Richard Lowenstein's video and you're seeing sort of, I guess, you know, the band take you on this little bit of a journey with the way it's tracked, that tracking shot. Uh, what did you get out of the first 30 seconds, B? Um, it reminded me of a story that we've been told about the band or behind when somebody had been to see In Excess and then the next night they were in a clothing shop and they saw his hand come out um, from behind the um, clothing and he was trying clothes on and it was Michael's hand. And every time I see that, all the bandles, that was what, what reminds me of that story. <laughs> so if you haven't heard that story, we, we, we talked about it a long time ago. Very clever hand it was all lifted from the album very clever um how, how that they did it as well as michael just peels off the album and starts talking to yeah. you it's very good and then the fact that michael actually whispers this song at the beginning yeah. so it really captivated you and again it's just so different again to what you well, it's like you that hear. come over here it's like come into this little world mm. for, for a moment yeah yeah and uh, you almost hear him breathing while he's well, talking well it's a very seductive vocal Okay, B. I know. Mm. Uh, just wipe your head. I know you're. Did dripping. you say seductive? I yeah. would say yummy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ladies. All right, moving along. You've got that real uh, breathy vocal happening there and it's like Michael's taking on this little sort of journey there. But um, really, really uh, great vocal, very minimalist uh, sort of backdrop of music. This is sort of Michael up front and personal. Michael 
this is a real Michael sort of to the world song. It's almost like the band have let him go and say, Michael, upfront and personal, because you see him sort of sweep out uh, next to the band and that tracking shot again, where the band are all there sort of in their normal sort of playing mode. But it's almost like Michael's in this semi-animation where he turns around, swivels, and comes mm-hmm. to sort of the front of the camera shot. Yeah, and not like, only that, they're in yeah. black and white and he's in colour. Yeah. Oh, mm. absolutely. It's a real innovative technique that obviously Richard's used mm. and he's drawn a lot of inspiration, I think, from Nick Egan's colours and, and visuals uh, of mm. the album there. But um, uh, and, and as they uh, about to approach the, you know, the chorus part, we get Kirk and sort of Tim come up to the camera and it's got this beautiful three-dimensionality to it that, Nick spoke to us a bit upon when he was sort of producing the cover. So you can sort of just see where Richard got a lot of inspiration from. Yeah, the 3D-ness, yeah. yeah. Um, and then don't forget Plague, the rat, Rhett's rat. Correct, yes. Tell mm-hmm. us a bit about that, B. What I mean, that 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 was something I never story. noticed in the first few years. But then, oh, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Tell, us, so- tell us about it. So the rat belonged to Rhett, who is Michael's brother, and he was on set when they were doing this and he brought it along. I think he used to take it everywhere. So they just decided to use it. Yeah. But Michael, I mean, he just looked everything, the rock star in this, didn't he? I mean, a leather jacket with nothing else underneath, shirtless, you know, like, and then he's got all the hair going on. And not only that, he's actually got a brooch or a pin that actually just says sex. I mean, you can't. Can't not 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 think about anything else. Really, and and he was uh, in. Uh, he would have been twenty seven years old at this stage. He would have mm. uh, come out of his little pimply uh, era where you know he was um, becoming a man and uh, maturing in many ways. But it really was you know where I think they let him cut loose there mm. uh, and be the rock star in this clip, which then translated. You know. Yeah, he was definitely eye candy 101. But then on the opposite side, I'm sorry, boys, and I'm really sorry, but like, I can't, like, what is going on with Kirk's eyes when he comes on this? It just, there's something about the animation of (laughs) Kirk and Tim. It's just not right for me. And I find it a bit freaky. Michael's in black and white then, and the boys are in in color. Well, I've got the still shot as I look. You know, Kirk's got a good suntan. Uh, Michael's a bit paler. Uh, but no, Kirk, Kirk's just looking up close and personal at the camera and uh, doing, his, doing his media wars, early training stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, happy with that. But uh, we're sitting at 103, B. We, we'll, we'll kick into the next little section. Okay. We went about 43 seconds there. I was getting uh, into it there. I love this little section of the song. I love the bit where the band at the backdrop, they're all getting up and getting their due. Uh, how do you feel? It's that spoken, that call and question, that question and answer section. Yeah. How do you feel? I'm lonely. Yeah. What are you going to do? Can't think at all. You know, it's that call and response type vocal lyric thing going. And um, I do know that part of the song is very much roots in sort of a, a soul, bluesy, black mm type of history there so much so that a lot of 
uh, as the band said at the time, a lot of the brothers, a lot of the black community really loved the song. They thought In Excess were a black band Yeah. when this particular song came out because, you know, again, as much as video was around at the time, on radio they didn't really delineate in those days. They put everything on every channel. So but a lot of people thought that was a, a soulful sort of a black-sounding band. Yeah, that, that particular shots there where Michael's on the right-hand side sitting on the chair, the band are all at the back standing up, Andrew's popping on and off with his cap on. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's fantastic. Uh, what's your take on it? Yeah, not so much like the soul part. I get it. I get it. But I, I just think of the, it's more of um, that he's singing it out to the audience and then he'll be getting it back. And it's yeah. really connection for him with the audience, I would have felt. Yeah. Um, and, and, the, and the actual band as well, that everyone was singing it together. Yeah. Um, I, I do love um, the bit where they go, doodaloo, doodaloo, doodaloo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because they really enjoy do that. Bit, and I'm thinking back to the old Kempsey Hotel where they came out on stage mm. and sort of paid their dues and then turned around and flashed their butts a bit. It's, a, <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably them for a well, serious band, where, but it was them having fun within a clip. Exactly, you know, yeah. You don't always see bands of their ilk always do, but it was them sort of letting their hair down. Being a, a bit goofy bit. with yeah. it. So it right. sort of like balances balances it out, doesn't it? You yeah. know, Michael oozing sex appeal and it's all and like, yeah, yeah, the brooding look, sort look, of salty lyric. Yeah. And then the boys going, but don't take it too seriously because yeah, we're yeah. having a bit of fun. No, it's great. Um, but that's the video. And without the video, um, it's just a, a very powerful, sexy song, isn't it? And what do you think of the colours in the video itself particularly? I mean, it seems to sort of mirror the sort of the uh, almost monochromish, the red, black, white, you know, it's there's not a huge amount of colour schemes. They're quite monochromatic a bit. Yeah, you know? it's got the in excess colours going already, hasn't it? So what yeah. year was this again? This it was is, uh, 87 this was filmed. 87, yeah. it was filmed. Yeah. And, and I love how they just slide um, like Tim in and then sliding back out again and yes. then slide, you know, yes. and, and John air drumming. <laughs> Bless him. Correct, yeah. <laughs> and another interesting thing here which comes up is that this is the sort of the second first track off an album with mm. the song Need in it. And if you just focus on the word need, it's a very guttural, primal, urgent, vital word. And, you know, we've had What You Need become a big hit for them. You know, we've had Need You Tonight. And I guess mm. they played it again later on with "Please, you got that need." need you know, yeah. it's a very, um, I guess, you know, that was a very primal sounding band at the time, and it was a very primal lyric. So um, we will continue from one forty seven for our next little bit. B. I guess, you know, they've gone into the similar verse again and then the chorus again, et cetera, there. But the video has got some nice little nuggets there with Michael pointing down the camera and, and then John coming out with his big smile on. I think John John seemed to love doing videos, I think, out of all the band. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and then the band themselves doing sort of the uh, can't think at all, all that sort of stuff. But um, there's a couple of little little riffy sort of add-ons that weren't in the first verse that you can mm. sort of hear on closer inspection. Uh, what I sort of found about this little bit is they just don't really waste a note. They it really, this is quite a minimalist song in the yeah. sense that it's not peaks and valleys and whatever there, but mm-hmm. every little second counts. They maximise everything in each second. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to that second verse and that second chorus, you you know, if you're a newer listening, like, oh, wow, cool. Yeah, I really love this. This structure is really easy to follow. It's a very, yes. very, very, very structured, simple song to follow. Yeah, and dance to. And dance to, of course, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and in particular with the song, you know, Here Be or anything in the video that stood out for you? Um, more so the video, um, Michael with the peace sign. He was very good at um, doing stuff with his hands. And Andrew too, either... that's a peace sign, I think. There, oh, did he? Did he, yeah. yeah. So the peace sign came out and the yeah. fact that he's pointing at you as well. Yeah. So he's actually drawing you in and making it very personal. That, and you he's know... sleepy with his little sleepy Oh, and he's a little sleepy, yeah. He was very, <laughs> he was very uh, good with all that dramatic stuff, wasn't yeah. he? Yes. Um, and the lonely, I'm lonely. Oh, my God, you just yeah. want to... You just want to not him not to be lonely, do you? <laughs> well, look, I think um, you know, it really the vocals have really turned up on this. So it's really a Michael tour de force. I know mm. uh, Bono in their biography was said, you know, he was really jealous of the production of this song uh, because you could hear, you know, you felt like you know Mike was in the room with you when yeah. he played, played it on very his own. intimate. I'd say, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, the sonics and the production here, you know, from Chris Thomas again is a real standout. Um, and again, mm-hmm. it's sort of, I think it's just this great example where Nick Egan through design, Richard through the clip, um, uh, Chris through production, and then just Andrew and Michael through songwriting. Yeah. All, all you get that happy storm of four uh, market leading, industry leading uh, people come together for that sound that came out. All right. Shall we bring it home? Oh, God, I can't wait for the ending. Yeah, okay, you ready? Hang on, let me just get off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they, they've done that little uh, you're lonely or I'm lonely, the bit there, which I think you might have mentioned just in our last little take, but um, a real soulful I'm lonely, you know, a bit mm, there. Mm. Um, and, uh, and chocolatey. Real- it's very chocolatey, <laughs> isn't it? You know? Yeah, Smooth. well, mm. well, it's, it's just um, it really, uh, again, seductive song. It doesn't have to say it's welcome. Uh, I must admit, a very quirky coincidence, and again, I'm gonna we're gonna go from uh, tantalising the ladies out there to probably shocking them. But there's a little dance bit in that last thirty seconds where I swear Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs copies that in the scene in the Silence of the Lambs movie where he's dancing in front of the uh, the mirror. Now, sorry, ladies, sorry, guys. <laughs> My God, you've just completely ruined it. I probably had to bring it down a notch. I but, might have uh, to edit that out. <laughs> well, listen, guys. All right, well, I'll bring it back. To, go bring on, it back you... to sexy, okay? Bring sexy no, back. No, 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 no. I wasn't going to bring it back to sexy because it's always sexy what you're on about. <laughs> As she says, twiddling her hair. <laughs> she does. 
Please just lit um, up a, a windfield red, okay? <laughs> no, I was, when Mike was sitting down in his suit, that reminds me of the By My Side video, as if like it's actually in there a little bit. I, did you ever notice it's that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and even yeah. in, the, in the stairs as well where he's sitting there mm. in that little stool bit. And uh, But the, the interesting thing, the song starts off with Come Over Here and that whisper, and at the end it has that you want a mark, can't. Yeah. Um, and, and it's uh, such a good lyric that we all say it, don't yeah, we? I, I always yeah. sign off with you're one of my kind when I meet somebody new. Yeah. And, and, and interestingly, the thing, that train song, um, you know, uh, Hey Soul Sister, where he says you're one of my kind in the song uh, by Train, Hey Soul Sister, that was a, a borrow from uh, this uh, In Excess lyric. So, okay. Um, yeah, Before but, you go, something yeah. that I, I, I keep looking at, what are the bars all about? As if like they're in prison for a bit and then they separate. Have know. you got any explanation I, I, for that? It might be a Richard question. Uh, I would when, like, when yeah, can on, we note we, that, please, Laurie? We'll have to put that down and uh, <laughs> Laurie put that in the minutes. But uh, don't know. But um, but look, you know, going back to that particular time, I mean, this song, you know, you know blew out massively in America, spearheaded, I think, the band. Um, I think it was such a, a great video where if you were a sort of a, a newer fan, and there were newer fans jumped onto this because they went from selling sort of three, four million records, you know, to selling tens and fifteens. So there was obviously an inundation of people. But if you were a casual introductory fan to In Excess and you saw this clip, you'd feel like you knew the band. You'd feel mm-hmm. like, oh, Michael, he's pretty cool. You know, hey, I can see the drama's got personality. Hey, Tim and Kirk, there, they're up front and personal. Who's the guy with the peace sign? Uh, and then there's Gary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> poor old Gary. Uh, but you know, from a from a, a, a band point of view, it's it's to me, I love it's almost like a I shouldn't say this because it almost diminishes the value, but it almost feels like an infomercial or a commercial promoting the band, the way they're able to do this clip. However, it's not a cheesy clip that sort of denies X, Y, and Z, et cetera, there. So I think overall, and, and the key ingredient here is that uh, it's a really fantastic coming together of all key uh, uh, stakeholders in the outcome, be it production, songwriting, video, and, and album design. Plus Michael's vocal, you know, let's not lose sight of that. Beautiful big package all yeah. in one, yes. Now, as we said a little bit earlier, uh, there was a band who came in and did a sort of uh, reimagining of it. Uh, the band was called Road Traders, and they had a big hit with this in Australia in 2003. Called it One of My Kind, and it was a bit of a dance uh, sort of version of it that goes somewhere between five to six minutes. But we thought we would uh, play this as a bit of a homage going out because uh, it is definitely it's one of those dance cover songs. It's not quite a cover. It's not quite a... Uh, a total sort of rewrite, but uh, it's a really good sort of dance sort of version where they play around with the uh, Sonics and they really do rip it up in some various sections there. So we hope you like it amongst the other ones. So this is uh, One of My Kind by the Rogue Traders. Uh, It's a goodbye from me. And don't forget to listen to the end for some more juicy bits. (laughs) It's a goodbye from B. Goodbye, everybody. Say goodbye again, hate.
Well, if you are one of our kind, become a patron to this show by visiting our website in Excess Access All Areas and next episode, I will tell you the full details. You want my kind?